1: plushcare.com slash
0: I'm Richard Porter
1: I'm Johnny Smith and this
0: is Smith and Sniff a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week try to cover some topical events I suppose you saw last week that uh, Andy Palmer has left Aston Martin at what seemed to me to be quite short notice
1: I, uh, I know that things haven't been great at Aston and I know obviously um, that chap, what's his name? Stroll bought the company. Yeah. Is it Stroll? Yeah.
0: I got, yes, it is Stroll, but I was going to say Vince Stroll. And that's not his name at all.
1: What? <laughs> uh, Swiss Stroll? What? <laughs> Swiss Roll? <laughs> no, but he's, he's...
0: Canadian clothing magnate Swiss Roll has bought <laughs> uh, Aston Martin. Now I can't remember his name. His son's called Lance, the F1 driver,
1: in inverted commas. Well, this is the problem. I've just I've just had a brain freeze as soon as you said it. I forgot... It's not Vince, is it? It's not Lawrence. It's not Lawrence. Lawrence, it is Lawrence. Lawrence, is Lawrence? Stroll, yes.
0: Yes. But few. that
1: but but Lance is, is 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 like Lawrence. He might as well yeah. have just called his son the same name and just made it a little bit easier. I, we're going off track. <laughs> we're going off track.
0: But never give your son even the same or
1: daughter the same a name with the same
0: initial even, because a mate of mine has the same initial as his dad and when he was growing up got to an age where he started to get posts. And a lot of it is just addressed to you know, I get posts, it's just to r porter and if there's two r porter's in the house it's just annoying you keep opening each other's bank
1: statements that is rubbish
0: so that's probably a yeah. Yeah, problem in the stroll household where the lance stroll keeps going oh my god i'm a billionaire
1: no son that's
0: my statement
1: <laughs> um well he so uh, he's aston martin's had a bit of a hard time the suv the dbx which is coming out right now mm. um in fact, I'm going to drive it in about a fortnight or something. Um, Are you? Yeah. Ooh. It's um. It's it should. People keep saying it should have come out already. Blah blah blah. Now, I, I, I. You know that I'm not massively into SUVs. I sit on the fence with it. But if it helps to feed the good stuff. And keep the good stuff alive in the the way that Porsche did the KN and the KN propped up all the fun
0: stuff. Exactly. This is KN syndrome. This is. Yeah. Make an SUV because people seem to want SUVs and it pays for interesting sports cars.
1: That that people will revere and remember, but But not buy in
0: that greater numbers. So, you know. Yeah,
1: people won't revere SUVs. People aren't going to buy a Bentayga and and in 40 years' time still have it. They're just not. I just can't believe they will. I'm sorry, but I just don't believe that. SUVs are are one of those things that they'll they're there they'll be there for 10 years and then I find I, I can't I don't think I've found an SUV that after 10 or 12 years looks good they all look sorry for themselves you know, like like George Best. <laughs> <laughs> they all You're the, the, all SUVs are alcoholics. I'm saying SUVs, they they come out all guns blazing, you know, when George Best was to run out on the pitch and get the adoration of everyone and he's all shiny and he's all fast and lithe and he's like, Look at me, I've got everything. And then fast forward, George Best, kind of a decade down the line, it's just sort of a bit of sick on the shirt. And, you know, <laughs> not, not in a great way, can't walk straight. Uh, nobody's really looked after him. And I, I, I just think SUVs are like that. I just think people don't look after them.
0: Can I offer a sort of sensible suggestion for why I think SUVs look a bit shabby after a while? Might be because they use quite a lot of black plastic on the outside, Mm. arch extensions and bumper trim that's all meant to make them sort of look functional and chunky yeah and black plastic often goes a bit khaki over time yeah maybe it's that
1: actually i've just realized george best is not a good analogy because george best was good looking let's say gary Busey, (laughs) gary Busey in the uh, like the late (laughs) 70s so he was in shape all right and you know, popular. Then fast forward to Gary Busey in uh, ooh, I don't know Point Break, maybe a bit beyond Point Break. He's not all quite. He's not all there. He's not all there. You still know he's Gary Busey. But. He was on his third owner by the time
0: we get to Point Break.
1: Oh yeah, and the tracking's way out, and nobody ever checks the tires. One's completely on the canvas, but you're still doing one ten down the bypass. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. It's. it's I think fine. that's true.
0: If you um, if you pause Point Break, you can clearly see that Gary Busey has three different brands of tire on four wheels. <laughs>
1: Well, I feel like we've definitely deviated from Andy Palmer leaving Aston Martin already. Quite, oh, yeah. Quite, quite
0: badly. Yeah, we did sort of drift a little bit there. But hang on, let's pull it back, because I was going to say...
1: Andy's a good guy.
0: Yeah, I I find it a bit uncomfortable the way that some of the Vodrig media are circling now in the past week or so since he left to, to do the, well, you know, he failed. And it's like, oh, hang on a minute, even a few months ago, you were going, oh, good old Dr. Andy Palmer, he's doing a great job at Aston Martin, really, really turning the company around. And it's like, well, you know, make your mind up. I think the <laughs> truth lies somewhere in between, probably. Yeah. Somebody had to do something. But let's be honest, Aston Martin has never been a stable... Company with a bright future has it? It's always no. lurched from disaster to disaster. So he's, in that respect, he's kept it very true to its heritage. But
2: <laughs> also, that's true.
0: That's true. I don't know what was going on with that share issue. Well, I do actually. I think they just need to get some money out of the company pronto to pay back some investors. I suspect that would be the reason to do it, wouldn't it? But you, uh, you can't do that if if the share price completely tanks. Yes, uh, which correct. you did. Uh, but after that, I mean, it's like uh, I was having this debate with someone the other day. Has there ever been a truly great Aston Martin? And they were contending that there hasn't, and I said no, because that V12 Vantage, I think, is, was an absolutely spectacular car, like proper top ten favourite car for me.
1: I was just about to say um, V12 manual Vantage. Then there
0: was a sort of newer generation one, and it had a paddle shift box
1: in it, and I never yeah. drove that, but it sounded like it wasn't as good. And then oh, no. they brought back the manual I would never buy a two-pedal Aston. Uh,
0: well, I was going to say the other Aston, which I wouldn't say is great, but I really like, is the Rapide. Yeah, the Rapide's a good... And that's an auto, and it suits an
1: auto, because it's a luxury car. Because it is... <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think... I mean, the Rapide sort of missed the the main objective of what it was about, but at the same time, it was still a car that I enjoyed and loads of other people enjoyed, so it's... And I know that they're an absolute bargain now. But I still think if I was buying an Aston with my own money, I think a, a three-pedal V12 Vantage in a in a, in a non-bondy, non-moody colour, def- I think that's what I would go for.
0: Well, you've got an issue with those. I have an issue anyway, which is that those bonnet vents are carbon fibre. They are. Unpainted. Yeah. And I think they look like absolute dog toss. And the best way to hide them is to get a dark grey one or a black one or something. Which I know is not very original, but they do look cool in that. I mean, I remember the one—the first one I borrowed was bright orange.
1: So was mine. So was mine. I bet it was probably it was the same s- car, wasn't it? Was it? The same <laughs> it damn was the car. car. I've got photos of my daughter sitting in it when she was very young, and she absolutely loved that thing. When it turned up, her eyes nearly fell out of her head. And uh, and and I I did end up doing that cliche thing of taking it to a wedding. I did have a wedding the, the week or two weeks I had that car, and there, nobody disliked it. No, it was like a pearl, pearl metallic, lovely.
0: Yeah, I went away to Wales with some mates and I picked up one of my mates who lived up the road from me and then made an absolute ass of leaving his narrow street where basically <laughs> I should have let someone through but I didn't see them until it was too late and it looked like I was muscling my way down. Oh. And often in a London street like that, the other person will be kind of like... That's aggressive. Oh, ...fucking lightly, mate. Yes, exactly. But in this case, I think it was a van. They just... It was on a hill. They rolled backwards out of my way. and oh. Sort of gave me a cheery wave, and it was the car. And then driving through London, you get like cab drivers and stuff rolling the window down. Hi, hi! What? 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 What is it? Lovely car, mate. It's incredible. I've never driven any car, particularly any bright orange car, that got such affection, and that amazingly, no one seemed to think you're a tosser.
1: It's the opposite effect of the Ferrari effect, isn't it? At the Aston effect, yeah, because as 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 has been covered by many people before, the, the treatment you get in a Ferrari is, is unjust. People don't know who you are, people don't know whether you've saved up all your life to buy your first Ferrari, or whatever it is, but but the Aston effect seems to be very different. People, you feel like a hero in an Aston, even if the gearbox is just dithery, <laughs> and <laughs> because people are admiring it. It's one of those things where you drive past a pub beer garden, everyone just coos, they go, yeah, it's an Aston. And the only person I think that genuinely is, is seething about them is my brother. My brother just goes, "Oh, just old Ford toss, just trying to make it look better than it really is." Blah blah, build quality. Because my my, my, my brother, my unfair. My brother just reverses engineer reverse engineers cars in about thirty seconds when he looks at them, and he'll he'll then give you his verdict, and the verdict will never go away. Even if they bring out, my brother still thinks Fords are rubbish. And I'm like, Greg. Did you ever drive a Focus after the escort died? He went, Yeah, it was quite good. But uh, the, you know, it was a bit this and a bit that and a bit this. And he's come around slightly now to realising that Fords aren't crap anymore because he still thinks Fords are sort of circa 1994. <laughs> and and he's a he's a he's a stubborn, dry, git.
0: Uh, but I realise as you're saying that about not about your brother. I mean, obviously he's an exception but the fact that people just love Aston Martin's it almost strikes me that that's the best thing Aston has going for it people like them or like the idea of them it would really help their cause if they just stopped making cars and just continued as a company that presents the idea of Aston Martin that could be the advert the idea of Aston Martin if you like the idea of Aston Martin just send us 10 pounds and we'll carry on presenting the idea of Aston Martin
1: couldn't they be um, a spirit coach or, or <laughs> what, what, what were the, those people coach. called? A life, life coach. coach. Aston Martin, he's the, he's the life coach. That's his name.
0: One day soon, you too could own an Aston Martin if you focus your mind and remember we don't actually exist.
1: We can't sell you a car anymore. <laughs> Yeah, is it like the car would only lead to disappointment? <laughs> is it like Total Recall? You buy the, the you buy the memory, but you haven't really yes. done anything. Yes, <laughs> they're just selling. They'll send you
0: a load of photos. You send them pictures of your house and your friends and everything else you want, and they will Photoshop <laughs> an Aston Martin into them and send them back. And you can have them framed. You can show them to people. Keep on your phone, in your wallet, and then you just go, "Yeah, do you know I have an Aston Martin was? Did you? Oh, I love Aston Martins.
1: What was the what was the what was the really really high-end saloon um uh it wasn't a lagonda the, you know the one that came out about five years ago and i've still never seen one oh the taraff yes the taraph. The one that yes. looked
0: like an old an old lagonda
1: exactly
0: but it was a stretched uh, rapide underneath yeah well they only made a few because it was really expensive yes i've sat in one i went to the aston factory for a look round once and they let me sit in one that had just been finished and it, like the interior was covered in plastic because the leather was obviously very nice and very new. Yeah. Um, yep. And it was good. And what, what it did sort out was it had loads more room in the back than a Rapide, So it was, which was the intention, so that you yep. could be chauffeured in it like an S Class. Yep. But I don't think, I don't know how many they
1: sold. I can't
0: imagine it was many.
1: It did look quite nice. But the Rapide is a cheap enough car now. You could all off the body and, I don't know, get them to do a cheap glass fibre one piece of the Taraf <laughs> and uh, bump your own car. I'd, I'd buy one. I'd buy one.
0: The trouble with the Rapide is because I think you can get a Rapide for, what, like, 30-something grand now. Yeah, But that's an original one. It's one of those cars that just got better and better. And the later ones with the eight-speed box in were really nice. And that gearbox really helped, made the engine feel more flexible. And um, they're still quite expensive. But you know that guy, Matt Becker, who started at Aston, who became their chassis bloke? I think he said that the Rapide, he thought, was... On its own terms, the best handling car that they made, and really? it sort of, yeah, he said. Oh, it was the car that surprised him the most with its handling. I think that was it. Forgive yeah. me. It was. I think it was the one that caught him. That he thought it was. It was quite well sorted. Yeah, and better sorted than some of the other stuff they were selling. And I think he was also reading between the lines a, a little bit of the opinion that when. Aston came up with a really sorted car. They possibly arrived there without knowing how they got
1: there. And actually, to that end, when you think about the resources they probably have compared to the Germans, mm. the, 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 that's when you realise a lot of the cars are very cool. I think, I think the, I think the most important thing for Aston Martin, and, and I'm definitely not going to be their consultant because they probably wouldn't want me. I would say the best thing for them to do in the future is almost not try and chase the tech and do the opposite because I think Astons are at their best when they're very mechanical. And don't get me wrong, it can still be a luxurious car, but don't stop trying to spoon in all the tech and chase the tech giants because you can't do it. And if you mm. can't do it, do the total opposite. Do Almost do a Morgan. And, and I think Morgan, with then that plus six that came out fairly recently... I think that almost, almost is the right amount of tech versus you know grandfather clock, which is yeah. which is actually it seems to be the way Brit you know old school British brands do best. And I think if Aston woke up tomorrow and went, we're just going to make all manual cars and we're only going to sell this many, but it's going to be you know you kind of scale it in a little bit. And make it a bit more exclusive. And we know that they build cars that are great on the track. And you've, as long as you've still got the Bond element... And I do think... I mean, that they milk the Bond element because they need to. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. with, my brother said the other day, without Bond, Aston's dead. And I thought, oh, I don't know. I think he's got a point. Um,
0: I think it'd be nice if they could move on and, and just not lean on it so heavily because it does become unutterably tedious after a while, doesn't it? Like somebody who won't stop talking about Bond.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and we, I, mean, I know we've had the conversation about DB5s before where I'm like, I just don't think they're as good as, they don't do that much for me. They're okay, but I don't know, I'd rather have a Dodge Charger. But anyway.
0: <laughs> this is why you're not getting cast as Bond,
1: isn't it? Much cheaper car, better looking, goes probably quicker, not around corners though, but anyway.
0: Well, so I was going to say that I, I sort of feel like andy palmer i found it weird because it was reported that someone from the business press i think from the ft contacted him on friday and went can you confirm rumors that you're being ousted and he went what oh really i had this vision of him turning up for work and his security pass doesn't work
1: we've all been there
0: yeah yeah but it's that thing turn up you make a couple of jovial remarks with the security guard <laughs> one morning. Good weekend. Oh, not so bad, must have good play. Oh, barbecue weather, wasn't it? did eh? did Oh um <laughs> Sorry sorry to bother you, Clive. Um the um, old pass doesn't seem to work here. Uh no, that's right, Mr Palmer, it's because you've been fired.
1: Yeah. Your desk's in a skip out the back. If you want to get any post-its or whatever, just they're around there. You give me a wink. And I'll turn that camera off for four minutes. <laughs> you dump that box of bics into
0: a bag, and I'll I'll turn a blind eye. Don't you worry? And
1: then Andy goes. Andy looks at the the security guard's little desk here and he goes, hey, "Hang on a minute! Isn't that little sculpture off my desk?" No, no, I got given that for Christmas. A model of a Spitfire. That was definitely on my desk. <laughs> no, there's a lot of them around. I think no, I'm mistaken. It's just generic. It's yeah. from TK Maxx. Yeah. I don't
0: know. I don't know how this if this is how it played out, but it, I, I suddenly started to feel quite sorry for him because it's like you could debate the legacy of someone. He had a shot; it didn't quite work out, but fair play. And I I've met Andy Palmer once, uh, and I thought he was quite a good bloke because yeah, I got invited at um, this is a bit clanging. Sorry, I'm
1: all, I'm all I'm all prepared, Rich. I'm all prepared.
0: Oh no, brace yourself. There's going to be a lot of clanging. But uh, it was Monaco Grand Prix weekend, and I, I'd been invited over to. Watch the race um, by some Australians who had a boat to watch it from. And, oh, seriously! Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I was singing for my supper because I had to do a little talk, but um, and then just hang out with Australians all weekend, getting drunk on a boat. But oh, on yeah. the Saturday night, the Aston now departed PR boss, who I've known for years, said, "Do you want to? Do you want to come and um, have some? I think he said, do you want to come and have some dinner?'" Oh yeah, that'd be nice, not doing anything else, particularly you know, I'd probably do with a break from drinking with Australians, and he said, come and meet us, so we had to meet him round the corner in Monaco, I don't, I'd, I'd always get confused by the layout of the place, but it was sort of like round by the, um, what's that hotel that David Coulthard used to own, the Columbus, he said, meet us by the Columbus Hotel round by the bins,
1: Rich, or yeah,
0: well, first thing that's happened, I went the wrong way and walked all the way up the hill, and got incredibly sweaty, and <laughs> I had to walk down the hill again to where the right place was, and arrived very sweaty, and the PR guy was there with a load of people, including andy palmer
1: that's brilliant uh
0: and he went oh glad you're here oh, the boat's just arriving and i was like boat i thought we were going for dinner he went yeah, yeah don't worry we're going for dinner well it's more of a sort of canapes and drinks uh on a on another boat and so these motorboats turned up and we all jumped in and we got taken sort of out into the sea round and
1: back into monaco harbour this is a bond movie reenactment is it like sealed not james bond
0: yeah bond's off duty and he's just going for canapes and, and drinks <laughs> Um, and so we come round back round and we, we were being taken uh, to go and have a look at this hybrid yacht, So it's hybrid powered yacht, which is quite a novelty. And it was sitting in the middle of the harbour. So you had to get to it by a boat. For some reason, the boat had to come from around the corner of the headland or whatever. It was bizarre. But we 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 got on board the boat two things happened first of all there were already some people on there having nibbles and drinks and one of them was the f1 commentator james allen who i waged a campaign against years ago to get him taken off the telly because i hate his voice what so that was immediately awkward i was like oh shit and the aston br guy went i'm so sorry i didn't know he was going to be here and then started laughing
1: what because he knew
0: you hated him he, uh, he genuinely didn't know he was going to be there, but he thought that my discomfort at him being there was deeply hilarious, which is fair <laughs> enough. But the second thing is, all of those yachts in Monaco, someone pointed out to me, they're all for sale. Even if someone's bought it, they're still looking to sell it because everybody's a bit jingle-jangle.
1: What, s- as in s- s- selling it because you can't quite afford it or selling it because everything's for sale, jingle-jangle? Everything's Ooh, for sale. I love it, but it's for sale if you want it, Everything's for
0: sale, yeah. That's the way it was explained to me. It's right. Monte Carlo. Everything's for sale. And so everybody wants to keep their boat really nice. So, for example, the Australians that I was um, hanging out with, the boat that they'd rented, they'd said, the owner had said, you've got to take your shoes off when you come on board. Or I can put carpet over the real carpet for 10,000 euros and then you can just do what you want and drop food and be cool. What? And so the Aussies went, eh, just put the carpet in and, and recarpeted carpeted the, the downstairs of the yacht so they could drop food and wear shoes, which is fair enough. I thought, I mean, that's €10,000 10, is quite a lot of money just to be able to keep your shoes on. But um,
1: it, it, Well, it, yeah, it is. It is rich. But this is
0: genuinely But uh, every boat I've... I sound really wanky, but every boat I've ever been on in Monte Carlo <laughs> is a very much a shoes-off environment.
1: <laughs> you, this is great! It's just... I've I've never been on a boat in Monte Carlo, but every time I go to my auntie's house, she's got very light carpet. So all I'm, re- I'm likening <laughs> this to is going to a very immaculate house that my auntie owns, uh. floating. <laughs> That's. I mean, this is a separate issue, but I always
0: everyone knows people who are shoes off in the house. People, don't they? Oh yeah, and I always feel like it's your duty as a homeowner if you're going to invite people into your house. If you don't want your carpets to get fucked up, don't get light-coloured carpets, OK? It's rude to <laughs> demand people to take their shoes off. I mean, it's also polite if you offer to, but you should have a house where it's it's substantial enough and robust enough to take a bit of shoe action oh. rather than making people reveal they've got a hole in their sock, which is what happened to me on the <laughs> Yacht of Embarrassment with Andy Palmjob <laughs> and James <laughs> Allen because we walked on and there was a lady there and she went, uh, ''Gentlemen, if you wouldn't mind removing your shoes, please.'' So we start taking our shoes off, and I realise that I've got a hole in one of my socks, and we're on this multi-million pound yacht with some very glamorous people. Got, you've got get ghetto socks on. Exactly. <laughs> and so I sort of stepped behind a little bar in the corner that wasn't being used. And I was trying to roll my sock around so the hole was sort of on the underside oh, of I the Oh, I know. Toes.
1: Yeah, I know, I know the one. I know the one. And method. I looked
0: up and leaning on the bar is Andy Palmer chuckling at me. <laughs> And after that, we had quite a good chat because he was in the circle of trust. I was like, please don't tell anyone I've got a hole in my sock. And he was like, it's all right, I won't. I thought I might have as well. So uh, after that, I thought, he's all right. And I just spent the rest of the evening dodging James Allen. Bloody hell. And then I got a boat back to the land. I've just remembered something. Sorry, I'll shut up about this in a minute, but I got a boat back to the land. (laughs) It's
1: good, And when I I got on the
0: boat to go back to the land, the other person already in it was like a funny little motorboat with a cabin over it. And uh, when I went into the front cabin to sit down... The other person in there was Thierry Bootsen, the Belgian F1 driver. <laughs> what? So we started talking to Thierry Bootson, but all he wanted to talk about was the weather.
1: Oh, that's so British, isn't it? I know, but, but he's Belgian. Yeah, so Belgian. So Belgian.
0: It's so bizarre, though. I like, <laughs> oh, always go, oh, wow, what was it like driving with... And he'd go, well, I think it's... Uh... It's going to be pretty clear in the morning, maybe a little light breeze, but I was like what <laughs> 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 well, and you're and now, you're drunk weather at this point, aren't you? you? I was drunk. You're yes. drunk. Yes, I was drunk at that point. Uh, you were but so only because drunk. I had to, you know, numb the
1: pain of embarrassment of the whole evening. I don't know if I can compete with that. I don't have I don't know if I've got any nautical car company nautical stories. I mean, I had to go on a P1 power boat once to to write for the Sunday Times, and uh, it, it, genuinely, it's the most scary motor vehicle I've been in. I would say, mm. and I've been in some quite hairy chested, bum tearing vehicles, and this one was <laughs> it was a whole new level of of fear. A whole new level of fear.
0: I, I've heard this before.
1: Yeah, I didn't meet anyone embarrassing. I just because of course. It, I'd, I hadn't done my homework and this was a Sunseeker open hull and the guy was the, let me get this right, he was the throttle man and he said, well, of course, because you're sat where the steering person is, you you need to steer. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? I said, I just thought I was coming along for a ride and I'm just writing about my feelings when I get back. <laughs> and he's like, no, because it's, it's a two-man...
2: JD Power ranks Sleep Number number 1 in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Yet yeah, one of you does the throttle, one of you does the steering on a on a on a powerboat, on a offshore powerboat did you know this no no neither did i rich because it's a bit like (laughs) you and i doing a track day in an aston martin and i'm doing the pedals and you're doing the steering (laughs) and then that would be
0: it's very much a coordinated uh a coordinated you know you tend to take a sort of holistic view of all of these elements rather than dividing them up
1: oh man it was it was absolutely terrifying we crew you know, you got to cruise out of the 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 harbour. We were in Poole, down in Dorset, where Sunseeker are, and this boat is absolutely stunning. But it does seventy on water, or maybe more actually, which is really fast. It's about, th- it feels three times quicker. And there's no brakes, And there's people just travelling around in little sailing boats, little toppers, you know, I don't know, singing Sweet Nothings. And there's a massive ferry and he thought it was funny to go into the wake of the ferry and the thing jumps. It feels like it's jumping, I don't know, two houses high. And then, of course, when it lands, you've got no idea what the sea's doing because the sea's like a tablecloth that someone's just flapping Honestly, I was pouting for the whole event and I got a real bad spasm in my arm because I was trying to hold on to a bar. There's like a, <laughs> there's like an oh shit bar down by your, like a towel rail down by your sort of, um, your thighs. And, um, cause the first thing I said when I got in the boat was, where's the, uh, where's the harnesses? And he looked at me, went, you don't want to strap in on a boat like this he said if the boat goes down you just get ejected that's the safest method oh shit you're not tied down at all no you're just sat in a seat man you're sat in a seat with a helmet on with comms and that's it and it's i mean these guys are well tiff will tell you because tiff used to he grew up around powerboats it's Mm. it's these guys are way more hardcore than car drivers even rally drivers i reckon
0: Why does speed feel so much higher over water? Because actually it's a big open space compared to on land a lot of the time.
1: Yeah, there's no track as such. Yeah, why does it always feel so... The only
0: equivalent on land for a vastly distorted sense of speed is that junction of motorways near Birmingham where the N42 and the M40 come together. Yeah. yeah. umber interchange... And no matter which side you're coming from, it looks like the cars that are coming from the other side are doing 350 miles an hour. And I never <laughs> understand why. It's some kind of bizarre optical illusion, but it's, it, it always <laughs> freaks me out a little bit. It's
1: like, oh look, there's a, there's a 318D doing over max seven. <laughs> <laughs> d- actually, all watercraft are more are more uh, are more scary because they don't have brakes. And I yeah. think immediately that's an issue because you've got to work out your contingency plan very early on. Like, I saw a very slow accident on a, narrow, a canal narrowboat once, and the accident was maybe 10 miles an hour. Actually, it was less than 10 miles an hour, but it was catastrophic because there's so much weight being carried. Yeah. And, it, and the sound is blood-curdling. And, um, I once stuffed a canal boat, a
0: narrowboat, up a sort of mud bank somehow. <laughs> it was t- at, I think, a maximum speed of four. And yet yeah, it... Buried itself properly in some reeds and mud. Oh, it just kept piling in, didn't yeah. it? Just kept like following a Like tanker just in some kind of disaster movie, just clattering through the port. It was horrific and deeply
1: embarrassing because <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people
0: watching. <laughs> but it felt I'm laughing
1: because I, I can hear. The problem is that the, the impact goes on for about
0: 40 seconds, doesn't it? Yeah, well, at any point when even quite a small and twee boat is clattering into something it suddenly feels if you are on board and indeed technically in charge of it that it's assumed the density of a black hole and it's going to just plow through everything for another three miles it's extraordinary
1: everything. everything the follow the follow through is awful that sounds bad but you know what i mean follow in maybe not follow through well, I always didn't think we'd be talking about that today.
0: No. Well, do you know what? we we? I think for the first time on this podcast, we made a, a, a pretty blithering attempt to be slightly topical by talking about Andy Palmer leaving Aston Martin. And it yeah. reminded me, last week, we were going to talk about the previous week's news, which was um, that uh, Dyson had uh, revealed, sort of revealed, their cancelled electric car. Yeah. Were you gutted about Dyson cancelling their electric car?
1: I... I think it's a massive shame that he shelved it and didn't continue on with it. However, I think he was sort of barking up the wrong tree with regards to the the spec of EV that he wanted to achieve. And... I'm the only one that seems to be prepared to put my hand up and say, I think his hand dryers are shit in toilets. They're a crap idea. Everyone goes, to, but he's revolutionised it. So he hasn't revolutionised it because all the water runs down the wall and onto the floor and goes grey and mouldy and old people fall over. I, I bet there's old blokes that have broken their hips in a gent's toilet. They've got clean hands, that's fine, but they've got a broken hip. And it's, it's not a finished product. It's a really powerful... Fan but then but then there's there's no ending to it, so I don't think it's a great idea.
0: Do you not also worry that uh those type of dryers basically the first thing they do as you put your hands into them is they blow a fine hot mist of water and residual piss into the atmosphere
1: oh there's there's poo particles, double p. My wife's biggest fear. Who <laughs> there's There's air. You're in a gent's toilet. There's a thick bum fog anyway because the extraction system can't... F- I mean, on a day like today, which is quite warm and humid, I mean, a, a gent's toilet with no openable window is an absolute disaster zone anyway. But we won't go too far down that road. Cut
0: slices of the air with
1: oh, a... You can run into a gent's toilet with a scimitar sword and you can, you can, <laughs> just can open the out. air up. <laughs> <laughs> the big
0: cube of the air <laughs> the thing is we live in a pretty halcyon age of hand dryers don't we because there's, there's, there's accelerator ones and there's there's another type as well and they're all I mean, do you ever find you go into a loo and they've got an old-fashioned type of dryer and it's a oh, deep yeah. disappointment you just go come on
1: oh old school times. old school world dryer with the yeah world with dryer the, with, with this sort of dome top and the the big circular chrome um button that you always hit with your elbow you never touch it with your hand of course yeah because you're not a fool (laughs) and then but then it's just it's like being panted on by my dog
0: it's just sort of damp hot but ultimately quite ineffectual
1: gusts of air hot breath from an unfit person (sighs) no good at all get an accelerator yeah but there's um i think i've found a i think i've used a mitsubishi one which was quite good um but the, the the see the the thing about Dyson is I've got a first gen Dyson vacuum cleaner that that now lives out in the garage and I do I use it for vacuuming out cars. And that's okay as long as you make sure that you you always keep tabs on the fourteen filters that it's got and make sure they're tapped out or rinsed or whatever. Yeah. But like the the cordless handheld Dysons I mean one's called a V six I think. Hmm. I think it came out not not like long ago. It's probably there's probably two other versions now. It's like it's like a lot of money, and it and it's just a lot of plastic. I get it. Yeah. There's, there's multi cyclones. I understand the cyclone technology thing. I don't. How actually. much of that
0: is marketing though? Because I had a first generation or early generation Dyson vacuum, and that was pretty good, and it felt quite high quality, which it fucking ought to have done for the money. Yeah, but then I quite. Um, I lost it in a in a split from a girlfriend oh and uh got a uh, later generation one sort of five or six years down the line and it was absolute horse wank it was just <laughs> useless it was really the, the, the main one which drove me mad was the the hose was made of such cheap rubbish material that it would kink really easily yeah i know the straight. stuff <laughs> what's the matter
1: vacuum <laughs> what's going on how are you strangled yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i hate that i used to
0: do that all the time it drives me absolutely bananas and it just felt khaki and then we got a hand vac one as well glutton for punishment and that's we've still got that and it's dicky the battery doesn't last any time at all anymore but also it does this thing where sometimes it just goes oh really yeah and it's usually because of well i think it's usually when the filter needs cleaning but sometimes you clean the filter and it still does it and it's just oh, it's because it, uh, you've you've, um, you've got it on the limiter haven't you rich well it feels like that it feels like it's pinging on the limiter but it's annoying so we just the the dyson i gave the dyson away
1: and went and got a henry you you gave it away, but it's like £700 or something. It's more than a lot of the cars I've bought.
0: I think I gave it to my, it to my dad. I can't remember. Anyway, but
1: it, I was, Bloody I, hell. it was infuriating me. You went and got a Henry? Got a Henry. Lovely yeah. Henry. Good old pneumatic. Proudly made in Somerset. Oh, yes, I forgot they're made in... Yeah, you- they're made... I love my Henry because they're made in Somerset. Down like near Chard. I think they're in Chard. You know, we were saying the other day about how...
0: Lots of regions support the home car making teams. Oh you know, yeah, Hondas in Swindon and Rovers in Birmingham, or whatever. Yeah. But as everybody in Somerset has a Henry, presumably.
1: I hope they do. I I feel like they should. I'm just trying to remember. What do my parents have? I, do you know? I think my parents have got Blimmin Dyson. <gasps> Traitors! If they do, I'm gonna I'm gonna phone them up straight after this podcast and give them an earful. Just go put that out for free. Go and get yourself another old school Henry. I mean I'm
0: not saying the Henry's perfect though cuz I I do find that thing where you're sort of moving from room to room and and Henry will kind of go all coy and just hang around the doorframe
1: and yes. not to come in the room
0: and you're just like vac sake get in here and then he falls over.
1: Henry's just- like a voyeur vac, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. You know he, like so he wants to peep his head round the edge. Henry likes a little bit of um a bit of curb damage, not curb um what are those things called? Um, I'm looking at them now around the bottom of of the room. Skirting boards. Skirting. He's a bit of a skirt You know, we refer to a bit of curb damage on a car, but it's a bit of skirting board damage inside a house, isn't it? I think Henry might have been drinking. He does. He's a bit. He's a bit erratic, isn't he? He's always clattering into stuff and then falling over. It. Oh, <laughs> he, he does fall over. My wife. I mean, my wife actually disagrees with this. She thinks Dysons are far superior. She hates Henry's. And I like Henry's. The thing about Henry's is they're a bit like Soviet cars where they haven't changed the design for 40 years or whatever. And anyone can dismantle a Henry. And if you speak to the aficionados, they go, oh, well, the thing is, before they change the law about the maximum output of vacuum cleaner motors um the Henry was the king. So what you want to do, you want to get yourself a pre twenty ten Henry. And that is that will that suck that will suck like crazy and massive amount of output and it's an unstoppable motor. And my mate who's a builder has a Henry that, when he's been plastering and, like, bricklaying, he'll just suck up, like, I don't know, bricks, mortar. He just sucks. He'll just say, rather than just going, "Oh yeah, uh, Rami, do you want to, like, use a broom for that? No, 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 just use the Henry. you absolutely fine. The Henry's, like, bulging. You know, if it was a cartoon, it would be octagonal-shaped with bulges coming out of it. <laughs> like when, I don't know, um, Wile E. Coyote swallows an anvil or something. It's like, what? Yeah. I
0: do feel like uh, Dyson cancelled their car. I I struggle to be fussed really. I don't think they should have ever bothered because I don't know what they were going to bring that was new and that design they showed off looked extremely generic to me. It didn't you know it didn't bring anything radical that you thought oh wow they were about to reinvent the car. What a shame, unless the tech was mind bogglingly brilliant. And I think they sort of they weren't going to bring it to market with solid state batteries. Were they? I think they intended no. to, but. They, they need to do more work on that. So there was nothing particularly radical sounding about it, and it's like just stick to disappointing vacuums and blowing poo particles around, mate. <laughs> but a Henry car, a Henry car would be a different matter altogether. Because as you say, it would be some kind of like a, a plucky soviet design.
1: <laughs> it would. It really would. You know, it'd be a bit like that thing, that that pickup truck that Gordon Murray developed for for developing countries. Oh, yes. Like a flat pack truck that you can put together with your mates after seven cans of lager and go, oh, let's make a pickup truck. I, I actually think that there's more in that. And I sort of believe that if Dyson had gone about it in a much more simplified way and if he'd invested in the battery tech Himself, or partnered with a battery company that already existed, which is where most of the big boys do it. You know, that's what Tesla do, that's what Volkswagen are doing, and all that stuff. I think he could have won, but I, I think he realised that he was at the mercy of the battery tech and the companies that own that tech. And I, I am no, I am no business mogul, Rich. Are you not? No, I sadly, I'm not. But I do, although I do have an empire of of fairly shite cars, but, you know, that's not, it's not exactly Jay Leno, is it? But um, I I think he should have owned the battery tech. And I also think he should have not chased this sort of 600-mile range thing that he was going for, because that's probably double what most people are wanting right now. If you go for, if you were to halve that, and then go for the ability to rapid charge in, say, under 20 minutes, you're on it. Mm. I think he was chasing something his bar was set so high and he became fixated with it and then realized it wasn't feasible to sell a car of that spec for anything under 150 grand and just suddenly went oh bums I think I've wasted quite a lot of money on this already yeah and it's a shame I think the other biggest shame is that it it to, to any EV doubters who already existed it puts that the negative um pr effect out there people going yeah look dyson's a genius and he couldn't do it so it must be rubbish it's like not quite well yes
0: but then you look at there are a lot of other electric cars coming from people who you've heard of in the car making world and i think my biggest take home from actually from the dyson thing and in a way from what has happened at aston martin the headline is making cars is really difficult
1: Making cars is making cars and making a profit. That's yes, and, t- and t- t- ticking ticking all the boxes is damn hard, especially affordable yeah. cars because you know the lower end is actually harder, isn't it? Something that struck me the other day that I'd sort of forgotten is that they don't make the Fiat Punto anymore. Oh my gosh, Richard! That's the sort of thing that you think about when you're on the toilet and you've been there for about fifty minutes and you've already looked at eBay and social media. And then you go, <laughs> they don't make the Punto anymore. It's, it's, I
0: think it's more the kind of thing you wake up in the middle of the night and just go,
1: <gasps> oh, my God, they don't make the Fiat Punto anymore.
0: <laughs> but that's just weird because, like we were saying, you know, making small cars and making a profit on a smaller car is really hard. And, yeah. It, yeah, But nonetheless, it is a bit disappointing that Fiat, who basically are really, or were really good at small cars and not so good at bigger cars, essentially just went, <sighs> can't be bothered. Can't Can't be bothered. bothered. It's too hard. Doing a Super Mini, like a normal (laughs) Super Mini, it's too hard. We're just not going to do it anymore. But but, but, that's weird, because the 500L and 500X certainly don't cut it in that respect. And the 500 and the Panda are smaller, but yeah. they used to, you know, Punto used to be all the best-selling cars in, certainly in Europe. And they just went, oh, it's too difficult. Imagine if Ford, Ford even Ford, you know, who I know are sort of shifting a lot to SUVs but and are pulling the hatchbacks out of the US. But in Europe, if Ford went, do you know what? The Fiesta, we just can't be bothered anymore. Sorry, everyone. Can't be asked. It would be so strange. Because actually the Fiesta is the best-selling car in Britain. So it proves that superminis do still sell.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Can you say Fiesta without saying forever straight after it? Because that Lionel (laughs) Richie song's trashed it for me. Fiesta. (laughs) I have to say forever straight after it. Fiesta. Forever.
0: Do you ever try singing it with different Fords instead?
1: Oh, no. I haven't tried that. What do you do? Forever. Oh, that's going to be my, my, um, my sound worm for today. That's ruined the rest of your day, hasn't it? That's just brilliant. All of the Fords. Are you going to go through like model? You know, specific types. Titanium. Well, I feel um, like it's a
0: syllables thing. Like I don't think Fiesta yes. works, but Focus doesn't work. Too few syllables. Explorer, oddly, does. It does. Uh, What's the Granada? What, what e- does
1: EcoSport? No. No, doesn't work. EcoSport because the emphasis is no, wrong. No, just doesn't work at all. It's a Cougar. Does work. Cougar.
0: Doesn't it? No. 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 It's no, a okay, syllable. Okay, I'm going to let you work this out on, on your own. <laughs> um... I
1: want it. I've written down on my piece of paper to talk to talk about the Tan Man, and it's it's something I totally forgot about. But me and my mates and my brother, we used to refer to like people sometimes as, oh, that, he's a bit of a Tan Man. Have you, have you checked out that Tan Man? And Tan Man was the generic term for the guy in the the town, the local town or village, the area who always obviously had a very dark tan, even if it was winter, but also enjoyed the open shirt regardless of weather. Always had a bit of a flash car, a bit of a flash motor and a bit of, a, bit of gold. Always wearing a bit of gold and a lot of loafer. A lot of loafer <laughs> and a lot of convertible. He was a convertible guy. So a gentleman of a certain age. Certain age, I don't think if you were married to him, you'd trust him. And he was, and 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 this same, the same. He was a bit of a town man, so he he thought a lot of himself, and it, and his car was suit. He's the kind of person that cleans his car twice a week. And in in the case of the village I grew up in, he was the kind of guy that got up in the morning at a weekend and always opened his garage door very early, but never actually did anything in the garage. Just made it look like he was active. Oh, I'm an active guy. I'm doing stuff.
0: I don't. I don't. I mean. What? Am I on he, my own he just here? Opened his garage door Just
1: like what well, air out the garage. Well, I, this is the thing, Rich. I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing he kept a lot of valeting equipment in there. And Tan Man kept his house, the driveway, the the the, the, the wife's car, and his own car absolutely mint. Everything was always very clean. I never went inside the house, but I bet Tan Man's house inside was immaculate.
0: Can I suggest one other element of? tan man tan man's life that i'm going to take a punt on given the evidence you've presented to me yeah timeshare
1: oh timeshare tan man it's an even better name because yeah. he sounds
0: like one of those people who definitely goes on an above average <coughs> number of holidays but that would lead me to think maybe just go the whole hog get the timeshare in yeah i don't know somewhere near malaga
1: oh completely Tan man's the kind of man that goes on, who says he's going on holiday. Let's say Tan man does four holidays a year, right? But you then find out that what, at least one of those holidays is a three-day holiday, and and in my head that's a weekend. It's not a holiday, but he calls that a holiday.
0: Well, it is still technically a holiday. Depends where you go. Uh,
1: well, maybe. I mean, I'm a bit hard on myself when it comes to holidays. I just, I, th- I'm, a, I'm a bit like, phew, I just, uh, the bar has got to be so high for a holiday that I almost don't bother. honestly my idea my perfect idea of a holiday is to just have a really nice walk and then find a a farmyard with a load of old cars languishing in it and do a bit of a sort of country file on it but i'm a very boring holiday guy i think which is another character that i haven't explored yet boring holiday guy (laughs) (laughs) that's me (laughs) what would you do well i didn't go anywhere but i I just went for a walk, I stayed in a B&B and b This
0: reminds me of some friends of my parents when I was growing up who lived down in East Anglia. And every year, their summer holiday, two weeks in the summer, was to go and get the caravan from where it was stored in a local farmer's yard, yep. hitch it up, drive, I think it was 20 minutes, maybe half an hour down the road <laughs> to a place called Thorpness little resorty sort of place on the Norfolk Broads just in the shadow of a nuclear power station and spend two weeks there and halfway through the two weeks uh, the mum would drive back to their house to do the laundry
1: Oh, my gosh. And that was
0: their summer holiday every year until the kids grew up and left home, at which point the parents went off to a Greek island and then went skiing. Oh, my gosh. And I imagine the kids went, what? What are
1: you doing?
0: Why didn't we get to do this?
1: But, yeah, they saved up all their interesting charismatic holiday tokens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were just bluffing
0: about wanting a boring holiday. They wanted an exciting <laughs> holiday, but they just didn't want their children to enjoy it too. So, yeah, I thought that was quite a ballsy play. But
1: uh... Maybe that's what I'm going to do. Maybe that's my plan. I just hadn't worked it out. I just hadn't realised. Oh, by the way, uh, talking about the Dyson versus Henry vacuum feud earlier, Yes. is it a bit like the Australian kind of Fords versus Holdens? Because that feud is obviously dying off, what with Ford and Holden not really building kind of old-school cars anymore is this what are we going to see people getting really angry and tribal with one another if it's a dyson you know dyson technologically advanced big price tag or you're keeping it real with the henry it, it hasn't broken leave it it was 100 quid when it was new it's very good are we going to see that tribal feud
0: I think Henry are missing a trick by not doing baseball caps that look like Henry's. Oh my gosh! Because it would suit. It would suit the shape. That would work. It would, it
1: would, that's a great idea.
0: Well, actually, hang on a minute. No, wouldn't the top would the top of the baseball cap would have to look like the top of a Henry, and then your face would effectively be the face of a Henry. You'd have to stick a tube over your nose. A bit weird.
1: I've just had an idea. I want to build a road legal Henry, just resheller like a quad bike. <laughs> Just a re reshell a quad quad bike with just a massive glass fiber Henry with a big nozzle coming out the front and obviously the nozzle going down the side is the exhaust and it's just a quad you just get in it and inside is a quad with handlebars and a and dub two seats and whatever, and you just go down the street on a big lovely shiny idiotic looking Henry get to it damn it i need to I need to tap up pneumatic now.
0: All right, well, uh, we'll leave you to that. I think this is probably a good time to uh, bail out on this one. <laughs> but,
1: you always um... run away from me just when I'm getting warmed up. I feel cheated. <laughs> I feel cheated. <laughs> Anyway,
0: thank you for listening to another episode of the Smith & Sniff podcast. We do this every week, a new one every Monday morning. If you want to fill in the gaps between this, uh, go to YouTube and look up the Smith & Sniff videos that we used to make before we couldn't get together anymore. uh, Or join in the fun at Johnny's YouTube channel, which is Car Pervert. And if you're very bored, please buy my book, The Medium-Sized Book of Boring Car Trivia, which is on Amazon. And, of course, please like and subscribe everything.
1: Yeah, please. And keep the comments coming because they're hilarious. This is true. They're really f- very enjoyable to read back through and chortle over.
0: Hey, bon. Malheureusement, uh, encore une fois. Et fini.
1: Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Canal boats are missing a trick. They need six pops.